Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 185 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. Hopefully this week's podcast will provide a nice distraction from the madness of the U.S. elections. This week on the podcast, I had a wonderful time chatting with our first guest from Spain, Juan Pablo de Miguel. Juan Pablo is a long-standing judge for the Epson Pano Awards, a photography educator, and a wonderful landscape photographer. Juan Pablo and I discussed some interesting topics this week, including his journey from engineering into landscape photography, the role of world travel in his photography, his philosophy on post-processing, the new sky replacement tool in Photoshop, various business models for landscape photography, the Epson Pano Awards, his role as a judge and what he looks for in good images, and much more. All right, let's get to the show. All right. Juan Pablo de Miguel, thank you so much for joining me all the way from Madrid, Spain. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> of course. I've, uh, I, uh, I really like your photography. And, you know, it's funny because I got an email from somebody who was like, you know, I have a guest suggestion for your podcast. And it was like, uh, this guy named Juan Pablo de Miguel. Yeah. And I was like, great, great, great. Do you think you could introduce them to me? And she was like, yeah, I think so, because he's my husband. So oh, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> my God. Uh, I will talk to her <laughs> later. No, 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 man. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Sometimes we have to have people in our lives that are fighting for us. So uh, thank you okay. to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will thank her uh, later. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you, can, you can be sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, man. So uh, for people that aren't familiar with you and your photography, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Okay. Like you said, uh, my uh, my name is Juan Pablo de Miguel. Um, I'm a photographer from maybe 20 years now. I studied an engineer uh, degree uh, in the high college, but at some point I decided to to change my uh, my life and focus more uh, uh, in the photography and enter um, photography world and make a, a professional career. Yeah, that was uh, maybe from that decision. I was 25, 26. Uh, yeah, I have 40 uh, this year. And... Photography has changed a lot from 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 them, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because even right now, Photoshop uh, launched a new uh, a new tool, uh, the Skies replacement. Uh, I, I'm totally shocked uh, about that and the Sky replacement. That, that was a science fiction when I started uh, in 20, 20 years ago. Um, okay, my life is all about photography. My best friends are photographers. My wife is a photographer enthusiast. It's he is, he is not his, uh, his job, but it's really, really good photographer too. In fact, I, I knew her in, in, uh, in Iceland. He's from Portugal and we, we know each other in Iceland taking photographs. Mm, my life is, is all about photography and teach photography. Uh, for me, it's part of, of my life. I, I can't understand my life without photography. But I have a lot of more uh, hobbies. And even I have another 
business, but um, artist uh, business. I I I make um, some. It's weird to to explain, but uh, I, um, job. But I do um, facsimile uh, documents from all documents, all maps, all books, oh, all okay. whatever. It's all <laughs> in paper. And some people ask me about, okay, I need, a, I don't know, for example, a, a, a reproduction of the, I don't know, whatever document, all document that people want to frame in the house, in, in the home, and I'm framing in the wall. And I do by hand. I practice calligraphy a lot. Uh, I wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, an, um, yeah, it's, it's a hobby from maybe more even that uh, from than photography. Um, I play the piano, the guitar. I play the ukulele. Um, so basically, you're a you're a jack of all trades. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an expression we yeah. have. You know, basically, like you're good at everything. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I not uh, nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not good at the sports, for example. I'm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, I'm fair. Not, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't like the sports. Of the, I really like the hiking. I'm in good shape, but not. Uh, I'm not really good at at the sports. Uh, but I really, I, I'm good at uh, this hand stuff and the, the, the doing uh, things with my own hands. And, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is my whole life. I'm a father right now. Uh, my little daughter has uh, one and a half year today. And right now my life is uh, a bit complicated because of the of the baby. His, his name is Aurora. Oh. Um, well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, right now I, I just... I'm focused in the photography because the other time, the the, the time, the, my spare time, I'm I'm spending with my daughter, with my wife, and right now uh, at home because Spain has, but uh, is through a bad time with a bad time with the coronavirus and and we are not traveling right now. We're at home and teaching a lot photography online, teaching a lot of. Um, other arts uh, related with photography. Yeah. Uh, not only post processing, for example, uh, but sure. uh, how to see uh, photography, how to see the photograph, how to get better in photography, not only from the perspective of the post processing. I think it's really interesting because my coaching or mentoring lesson uh, are in that uh, direction from the people that uh, they already know all almost all the techniques in post-processing but the work is not uh, good enough or even is not getting better even uh, knowing all the techniques all the post-processing techniques all the all the tutorials all the youtube tutorial all the free paid uh, lessons and they don't know what is happening. Why my photography is not getting better? Why I I stuck? I I, I don't know what is happening. And and usually uh, it's I've easy been to, there. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's it's about to 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 teach and to learn how to get uh, how 
to be more, a better photographer and not better um, retoucher. Maybe I don't know yeah. the word, but uh, well, I'd love to definitely dive dive more into into those that dichotomy. I, I wanted to go back though because you'd mentioned that you were first an engineer, yeah. and you're like the four hundredth person that I know. <laughs> That it like started out as an engineer and switched yeah. over to photography, and I'm just really curious, like what was the catalyst for you um, making that transition from such a concrete and um, technical field to more of an art, more art form field? Like what I, was that? What I was that know. about? I I I have no idea. I I, I swear you. I was um, I studied before engineering. I studied three years of uh, pharmaceutical, yeah, ph- pharmaceutical, oh, wow, okay. uh, yeah. And after th- the three, the third year, I thought that it was not for me because yeah, the pharmaceutical job is it, it was not for me. And change to an engineer career is the agronomical engineer. So. Okay, it's nothing to do with photography, but <laughs> I was uh, taking photographs from uh, I as, as long as I remember. But I think the the first memory I I have taking photograph it was in my final uh, trip age of, of primary school in, with fourteen years uh, to Barcelona to to see the city from I, I live. Uh, I was uh, I, I rice rice yeah uh, born and rice yeah in the south of Spain in Andalusia and for me going to a city uh, like Barcelona super modern and big city it was like going to New York and I can remember taking photographs with a really really uh, emotion and really happy to, to be able to take photograph with uh, with that age. Um, and that is a curious, curious story about that because 20 years uh, or maybe more uh, years later of that trip, I was again in Barcelona uh, visiting and taking photograph of uh, the Sagrada Familia, the, the cathedral. Mm-hmm. And after the trip, I was looking for the for the for the job uh, in the Sagrada Familia, uh, and I saw a photograph that remember me something and i i i went to my to my old staff from from the school search for the for the physical photograph of of that time uh, in paper and i was making in two or three places exactly the same framing that i took when uh, when i was 14 wow uh, maybe 13 <laughs> years uh, or almost 13 years later and i was amazed about okay with 14 years old i was planning uh, standing here seeing the exactly the same uh, framing uh, 28 years later so my seeing is not changed a lot so i think photography is always part of me studying engineering open uh, world about a lot of things, mathematical, physics, and chemi- chemical, a lot of stuff that can help me to understand more deeply what is happening in the photography itself. I, um, mm-hmm. I, I was learning photography. I was uh, learning photography with the chemical, chemical uh, photography um, in my sure. first year. But 
the explosion for me was in digital. Uh, so the engineering helps me to understand what is happening in digital area and digital cameras, what is happening with the light, with the sensor, with the, with the optical. I really obsess about what is happening with the light rays inside the lenses, uh, inside the, the I, all, all the gear. I mean, I that's basically what a lot of people have said is uh, the technical side of photography yeah. that was such super easy for you to transition into because of your engineering background. Yeah, I think it's easier. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of photographers, really great photographers that has no idea about uh, what is happening inside, what is happening inside right. the camera. And mm, it's not better or worse photographer for that. Uh, it's, but for me, it's how I see photography is directly related with how can I understand light and photography from an engineering perspective. Sure. Well, earlier you had said that you travel the world a lot and that's a big part of how you teach. And when I was looking through your website, you know, you have photographs from all over the world. And uh, I was just curious uh, about what what role does does world travel play in in how you think about and how you make photographs inspiration i think um you see um you can live um, really near from an, an amazing place but is your place uh, and it is not inspiring for you because it is your home it's your place you can live near the grand canyon and maybe mm, not uh, be so amazed by the Grand Canyon because uh, okay, it's, it's right there, it's mine. But you can travel to the other part, to the other side of the world to see whatever. And people tell you, okay, you you have the Grand Canyon and you came here to take photograph or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Grand Canyon is is uh, is my home. So uh, human being is is like that. Uh, uh, People are, we are like that. We can uh, search, we can find inspiration uh, usually in another places where the environment and the, and the, um, the state of mind is perfect for that. And again, you can live near a super strong, super good place to take photograph and even that not seen from the right perspective and with the correct uh, state photographic mind. Um, so for me, travel around the world and search for uh, uh, is is related with search for the inspiration and get out of home because photography for me is the reason because I get out of home, get out of 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 my push me photography push me to get out and take photograph and search for inspiration. I mm-hmm. even even I I tell uh, I ask to my students to take photograph in whatever place they are. There is no need to go to Iceland to take super great photography. There is no need to go to to United States. Uh, even that there is a lot of photographers from United States that came to Spain to take photographs. So what is happening with a photographer in Spain going to United States to take photograph? But this is what I what I um feeling i i talk to you the search for inspiration the search for um a state of mind that 
um, make some. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I can find the the, the exact the exact uh, word I'm fine, but yeah, this, the search for inspiration is is the key, I think. No, oh, that makes sense. Well, I know that you had said earlier too that uh, um, teaching uh, photography all over the world is, um, you know, kind of how you make, at least partially, how you make your living as a photographer. Mm. And I was, you know, obviously that's what it looks like today. Um, you know, coronavirus aside, but what like, what did that journey look like in order to get from where you were super inspired by taking a photograph in Barcelona to where you are today? Like what? Like how how did you get from A A to Z? Like what was that or A to B? <laughs> what yeah. did that process look like or that journey look like? Uh, okay, my my main job as a photographer is not uh, to to make workshop. I don't do workshop uh, for all over the world. I travel by myself because I I teach photography here in Spain. I teach photography in the field like as like. Um, premium or private uh, uh, teaching uh, for a one two yeah. people uh, because I don't I don't feel comfortable with a large group because my my way of teaching photography needs to needs to be with uh, only one two student because I, I need to be with the student I need to be side by side and with a large group I can't be with all the students, and for me, it's uh, it's, it's horrible because I, I I want to be with all of them a lot of time, and it's really stressful. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, it's not for me. And uh, when I travel I all over totally the world, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's horrible because I I see people that needs helps. There is all people that don't need any help, even don't want any help, but. Uh, if I take uh, one student and take out to the to the field uh, to the to the to the nature, and I I want to spend the time with him because photography and making photography is not just about to put the gear in the tripod, the, the camera in the tripod, and put some weird numbers in in some um, wheels um, and and push the button, uh, and a student needs to to hear you talk about photography you need to talk with the student you need to talk with people about photography and why we are here why we need to take why, why this moment is so special so unique and it's not just so robotic that you put that here you put uh, one of half of a second f.8 because the light is whatever and i saw the lowest you can this is so um, uh, unnatural for a student, and you need to spend time with the student in the field, talking with him, uh, of, with her about photography, about why we are here, taking photographs, what is the moment, what is the meaning, what is the feeling, what is whatever. Talk about photography, not just about the hair, the gear. And when you take a large group, you can't do that. It's just uh, as simple as that, and for me, it's, it's better to to take uh, one, two students near my home uh, around Madrid. There is some two, three, four uh, beautiful places, and this the, the t teaching is not about to go to a super nice, super spectacular place like Iceland or Grand Canyon. It's about teach 
and learn photography in whatever place, in whatever condition you are. Uh, yeah, I think you said it earlier. It's um, teaching people how to see. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you, can, love- yeah, you can go to Iceland and have bad luck as I did or even the Grand Canyon whatever place you you have uh, and know how to deal with the bad condition and if you practice a lot with bad conditions you will be a better photographer <laughs> yeah well you just uh, use a sky replacement right we can talk about that later yeah it's just horrible <laughs> um, uh, okay let me let me be clear it's not horrible because of the sky replacement it's horrible because from the perspective of a of a teacher uh the the meaning of the sky replacement with one button is like uh it's 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 terrible because people will think about photography that the the landscape photography is about to take photograph of the sky and if the sky is good the photography will be good and this is a problem that i am dealing with with it from 10 years maybe 8 years um that all the people all the amateurs all the people even uh professional photographer that uh, want to to get the, the photography to the next level thinks in in the deeper of the, of the of the soul that a landscape photography a landscape photography needs to have a super strong or or amazing sky and it is true but at, at the same time it, it is not we are not uh cloud photographers we are a landscape photographer even with the, with no clouds and for people that yeah is yeah, is learning from the beginning right now and they have the option to one click and one amazing sky uh, is not so different with the the, the techniques you already uh, can do in Photoshop because you can do a sky replacement in Photoshop with Lie or whatever. But that people will will be in a hard time when he when they discover that photography landscape photography is so much more than taking a photograph of a good uh, and amazing sky. Internet is full of amazing sky and bad photographies. No, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, some of my personal favorite photographs are, don't have any sky in them. So, yeah. um, but I think when you're first starting out and really excited about landscape photography, I can remember going to a location and just being really depressed because there was no no yeah. clouds. Yeah, and you know, the the sooner that I've got over that and started looking for other things that were interesting that I was wanting to take pictures of. I think that's when it, it like released me from that coupling of this idea that it has to have a pretty sky and great clouds. And you start to realize there's so much more to take pictures of. Yeah. 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 But this is not our fault. I was the same. I I, I was even right now. I feel the same. I, I go to a nice place and I see the the sunset and say, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But even that, I take the photograph and and try to do something mine uh, with the the condition I have. And I'm always tempted to put an amazing sky and probably the the photography will be better. But to be, to to have that... um, I don't know the word uh, that card in the in the arm. Uh, I don't know the expression in English. Yes, uh, yes. The, the, the last in la manga, that uh, trick 
in the jacket is not good for a photographer because I don't I, I don't mean that uh, art should be um, should be uh, limited. It, it should not it shouldn't. But for me, is uh, is related with being better photographer. And if you reject that uh, trick. It will we've, uh, will be uh, you will be better photographer. You will be forced to be better photographer in the field with the condition you have. Even well, yeah. I mean, I I've been preaching this for a long time, but it, to me, it's. I mean, I, I grew up as an athlete. Um, you know, I was a I was a baseball pitcher and a football player, and um, you know, like I, I ran track. And so, to, you know, I'm always sensitive to the parallels of athleticism. And for me, it's like, it's kind of like performance enhancing drugs. Like, yeah, you, you'll be a, you'll be a better athlete and you'll win more. And, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't make your performance better objectively. Like yeah. people are going to put an asterisk on it. So yeah. like, why not challenge yourself to do it in a way that, is um i don't know takes more time takes more effort yeah. like i think it's going to be more rewarding yeah. for you you're going to learn exactly, more yeah it's exactly like like that it's it's yeah. like uh it's not cheating it's like a trick and that trick mm, will uh will be worst for you to be better photographer it's it's, it's as simple as that even even Matt, even if you do by your own hands and even if you do by your own hand in layers and learn how to do a good masking and learn how to do a good um, blending, uh, the, the fake sky or the, or the sky's replacement, even that, it will teach you a lot more because right now you can put a sky, but even in with another uh, photograph, you already ha know how to do a really great um, uh, layer, a really great uh, selection. And sure. Sky's replacement doing uh, done by hand will teach you a lot. And even to um, make the, the, the good selection from uh, um, with the Sky or whatever. But that step, that new step, bring us uh, the new era of one button super sky and yeah there's no one nothing more to to do with that just one button and you miss the point of uh, select selecting the sky selecting the selection and make a good selection understand what is a layer mask what is a, a lot of different things to do by hand so it's a bit more tricky a little more um, worse for uh, to for the to, to the teaching or to the learning to, uh, for the photographer. Yeah. One, well, I don't know if this matters or not, but you know, uh, there was this one person I saw several Instagram posts from this past week where they were in my neck of the woods, uh, taking images this fall. And you could tell they had done a ton of sky replacements because this fall we had zero clouds anywhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, of course, in their description, they were just like, oh, it was amazing and beautiful and it was magical and all this bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, but you could tell, like, the trained eye can just see, like, that the light just doesn't make sense, right? Like, yeah. if you've been to that place and you understand, you know, how the light works in that place, you can just tell when the sky just does not fit the location. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty to, obvious. Yeah, it's it's um, a ninety-five percent of the of the skyter placement is not well done. So yeah. anyway, it's not our fault because when eighty eighteen five fifty-seven, I think uh, people like Henry Peach Robinson or or Oscar Ray Lander uh, start to 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 make uh, what they call uh, combination printing uh, what we call uh, right now is composite or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it's a part it's a really strong part of the photography from the very beginning of the photography so there is always even me people that wants to present and and show the world through their eyes but there is a large distance from the from your own vision are from the Photoshop vision. Right. And That's this nothing. Big time. Yeah. 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 And I think the other thing is too, is like, if, if you were to ask people that do that, why they do it, um, I think the, if they're honest with themselves, like really, why are you doing it? And then putting it on Instagram and creating this ridiculous description and story that does, isn't accurate. I think the why is very indicative as to how I feel about it. I mean, they're doing it because they want dopamine and they want likes. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, it's it's all about likes. It's all about popularity because right now we are living in a mm, photographic world. Every every person in the world in the in the um, at least in the first world is a photographer, and it's good. It's really great. But sure. at the same time, uh, photography is is uh, seeing a really weird uh, transformation and photography is not photography anymore um, as as we know as we knew um, people don't want to present the world don't want to to most of the people uh, i i mean uh, what they want is to have some popularity using the photography as a medium to another thing that is and the photography is not the end itself it's a medium to be uh, some popular in some way um, right so the photography is not the important part of the instagram the right. the, the final goal of for instagram is the popularity for so, some people uh, yeah for some people yeah. in general yeah. I, I think uh, we, well, we I think are talking in general pretty obvious when that's the case though you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so, dude, I could talk about this subject for like 14 hours straight. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just gonna like yep. stop right now. Otherwise, like, we'll just, it'll be, that's all we talk about. <laughs> okay, sure. So I, I, you know, one of the things I'm always very, very curious about is the business side of photography. Sure. And um, I, I was really curious to hear about you talking about kind of these one-on-one or one-on-two experiences of teaching photography in the field. And I was curious, how do you make that business model work, not only financially, but also just logistically? Um, like, are you, like, are, I'm assuming it's more, it's more than just photography that you're teaching people that it's, you know, you're, you're showing them how to see the world. You're, you're showing them about how to, travel and things like that so like how do you make that business model work um it's really it's, it's not almost mm-hmm, simple and uh, at the same time it is not uh 
my main job is is I think seventy five maybe seventy uh, percent of teaching and thirty thirty five I, I I don't make sure because each year is is changing, but I'm yeah maybe 35% of my incoming uh, my business is uh, in agencies uh, photography i'm selling art as uh, oh, okay. mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, publications or magazines or yeah different uh, uses and even for uh, private uh, collections and private uses from people that see a, a picture of my uh, of of my uh, my collection of uh, Paris or whatever or, or you know, United States and say oh I want I want that picture for my home whatever totally um, and that is about thirty five percent depends on the year and the rest is uh, my business about the um, yeah there's a, a, a percentage uh, about my my other business I I told you. Uh, yeah, the, calligraphy. Yeah, the calligraphy on document, all documents, all books, and the rest is teaching photography. I mm-hmm. consider myself a photographer and a teacher uh, because my parents they are both uh, teacher. They was. Um, I think I see my home from 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 uh, since I was born. Uh, I think I, I I have in my blood or whatever. And uh, so I really love teach whatever uh, I know. And that case is photography. I really love to teach. I enjoy so much uh, teaching photography, teaching, as you said, how to see, how to, to improve photography is not, and not only the, the post-processing that. It is a lot of important too. I teach a lot of, of techniques too, but uh, a step more about beside that. Um the the field and the one-on-one one-on-two uh, workshop in person this year is uh, a complicated uh, <laughs> year <laughs> complicated to say to say something yeah um, that's why I reconduce re re uh, remake all my my students in the field to uh, online, uh, from an online perspective, online classes and live classes through Skybo, whatever the, the student want. Uh, Zoom uh, classes, maybe two, three uh, sessions uh, per month and talk about photography, talk about the, the photography of the student, my own photography. A lot of students want to know how I do my own photography and I can teach photography uh showing how to do photographs um yeah there is different approach and differs as is different with each student because the 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 classes are completely customized for each one and each one has different levels different needs different um yeah there's some people who wants to know about macro i i don't teach portrait or social uh, photograph because I don't do that. Uh, but uh, landscape is a really large world. There is night photography, there is daylight photography, there is uh, different uh, kinds of, of landscape photography and every photographer wants to learn with me has different needs. So for me, that this year, this 2020 is 
all about online classes, online uh, sellings, uh, agencies, and yeah, everything at home. Gotcha. So it sounds like uh, when someone signs up for your one-on-one, it's kind of you customize it to based on kind of what they're looking for. I, I mean, that's that's essentially what I've been doing as well is, you know, if someone reaches out and says, hey, I'm interested in doing a one-on-one. It's like I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what exactly they are looking for and then try to customize something around that. Yeah, exactly. Because people has YouTube and there's a lot of information in YouTube and YouTube is everything. Right. And the, the, the whole world is inside YouTube. And if one right. person wants to know and, and learn photography, can do it uh, by itself in YouTube. But YouTube is a mess. It's completely full of everything. A I good playlist, good videos, and the worst video of, of, of all time about photography. Uh, that it is completely insane that all the nonsense people say in, in YouTube. And a lot of uh, photographers that, that wants to get better feels like YouTube is not the, the correct and the right place for them. And yeah. even with generic uh, videos, they all are purchase, purchase, pur- yeah, purchase. Yeah. Yeah. And they are already seeing the, the, the different videos. And even with that, they are stuck in some place that they don't know even i uh feel myself stuck in in some places I, i'm teaching myself every week with all of my students all my students teach me a lot and right now i yeah. i'm through a different approach of photography thank thanks uh thankfully thank well, because of my of my students um because they teach me a lot of my own photography and and yeah, it's, it's a customized, um, a customized uh, product. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I was curious if you would talk a little bit more about more how, and this is kind of hard, but how do you teach someone how to see? Like, what does that look like? Yep. Um, it's teach how uh, photography is made, uh, how a photography is made. Uh, because for me, photography... Uh, has uh, three legs um, to put easily and to put uh, from an easy way. Um, one leg is a um, technical leg. You need to know about about uh, all the technical stuff, all the technical, uh, like the F-point, all the velocity, and all the decisions that came from that. For example, if I want to do a photography like it's super soft, I I need to know that a long exposure uh, will give me a super soft water or whatever. Or if I want to have a super strong and impact uh, photograph with a lot of, of uh, feeling of, of furious, whatever, uh, I, I can choose a... a um, more uh, uh, velocity and make the, the, the waves exploding. Or uh, This is the technical part. And I need to know so well that I can stop. I, ca- I can stop and think about, okay, what I need to do? Is this the F point is the one? Uh, right. the, uh, it needs to be intuitive. It's, it's like your own hand. Yes. Uh, yeah, your fingers needs to know, not your brain. Your brain needs to be focused in the second 
the second leg. That's the composition. The composition is the the connection of the brain directly to the landscape. Your fingers are the technical part, and your brain is seeing your your heart, your soul, your eyes, your brain, whatever you you want to to believe, or your 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 God, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, something inside you needs to be connected with your hands and make the camera do what you want. Not don't let the camera to decide. Don't let the camera to do the job. Don't let the Photoshop to put the sky, to re- make the scale replacement. Do it by yourself. And uh, that second part is about the connection from the brain, from the heart to the landscape, through the lens. And the third part is the landscape, the, the, the post-processing of the landscape or whatever. The post-processing is when you came home and see all the photographs you took, choose one, two, three, maybe four, I don't know how to choose, how to know what three or four photographs are the best of the 200 or, I don't know, 100, 1,000 photographs you take from from a sunset or from a sunrise. And choose, <laughs> wow, you take that many? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Most of my students, uh, yes. And the best, the worst part, they took... Uh, the 200 or the 100,000 from the same exact spot. Right. You got to move. Yeah, you got to move. You got to even take the photograph from the top to the bottom. Uh, Yeah, run with the camera. Move and make a lot of photographs. And when you came home, you will have a lot of different uh, framings and approach and scenes uh, of the landscape, and you can choose. And choosing the best framing, choosing the best photograph from 100 is not easy. No, it's not. I just, I just recently did a like 10-day trip here in Colorado for fall, which I pretty much do every year. And I think I, gosh, I think I had like seven or 800 photos total. And basically what I do is I just go through and mark the ones that I think are worth processing further with like a like in Lightroom I just mark them as like a one you know yeah. like one star <laughs> yeah. and then I just go through them and then I edit all the ones I like and then and then I go through them again and get I probably get rid of maybe a fourth of those just yeah. because they're not as good as the better one yeah. I think that's that the hardest part for me is the you know like I really like this one but I know it's not great do I keep it you know mm, yeah um, I always yeah. struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, there's another thing that that can happen, and happened to me a lot of uh, most of the time, that I'm process. I processed one of my favorite photos from uh, two years ago, uh, in in 2018, that came from a trip to United States to Yosemite uh, from 2014. Right. That, uh, that photo I didn't see. When I came back from the United States that year and the next year and the next year and the next year, <laughs> I didn't see that photo. And six years uh, um, after the trip, I was uh, looking for something to, to, to do, some, some test. And I saw the photo and said, oh, what is that? Why <laughs> I didn't see that photo before? Because um, probably my post-processing, it was my mind and my 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 possibility, my vision of the final photo was not ready to see that photo because Mm. it was a pure 
daylight photo of the summit, of the summit with a bright color, bright. It's an amazing photo. It's, it's in my website. And I was not ready to process, to, to get the, um, all the information. I, I was not ready to performance, to make a performance of that photo. You, you know, the, the, um, the quote of Ansel Adams that the negative is this, the, um, the score, the music score and the print or the, the, rebel, the, the development is the performance. Right. So for me, it's like that. Even I'm a, pi- a pi- pi- pianist. Pi- pianist? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, all the, pi- the pianists are not the same. Um, and the performance is really important. You need to know how, what are your capabilities. You are capable. What are you capable of to be able to see the final result of that particular row? And I was not ready until two years ago from a trip from eight years ago. So the 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 seeing the the, the the appreciation the appreciation of the of the of my own work is changing. Um, at the same time, I'm ge- I'm getting yeah, better totally... uh, as a photographer. Yeah, I've had that happen. You know, I look yeah. back at older photos and it's like, wow, why didn't I take? Why didn't I work on that one? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's a pretty good the, photo. <laughs> this is the, the third, um, the third um, spot, the, the, the third leg of the of the good photograph. Be able to uh, to do something that it is your in your mind um, through the mm-hmm. post processing. And again, don't let the Photoshop of the plugin. Or the Luminar or whatever plugin you you want to do the job, make uh, force the the softwares force the the Lightroom to do whatever you want. And how to do it is is super important to learn how to force how to to make the the horse to 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 do the job. And it's it's like uh, sitting on a horse and and take the the I don't know the word the the, the riendas the the rope and say, okay, horsey, let's go. And the horse is going to, to run in whatever their direction. And the, a different approach is to, to sit uh, and tell the horse, okay, the horse, let's go uh, whatever di- direction. And this is the, a good post-processing. The post-processing is, um, is obeying you, not the software. Right. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... That 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 took me a long time to to figure out um, yeah, as a time. photographer. Yeah, me yeah. yeah, me yeah. too. I'm mm-hmm. even starting to to understand. <laughs> I know, right, I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but I I understand that. Like, I want to have the control over the what what I'm seeing in the raw file and what I want to do with it to make it look the way I want it to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. people usually once yeah, the, most of the people that uh, want to learn uh, with me, the the regular asking uh, asking the first question is, okay, Juan Juan Pablo Juanpa, I need to, I want my photographs to uh, say something. Okay, what do you want to say? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so if you don't know what to say, how can you do your photograph to say nothing to say something? Uh, you need to understand and you need to find what do you want to say before make your photograph to say something. Mm-hmm. And this is what we 
work a lot in the in the coaching and the mentoring that figure figure figuring out figuring out uh, what do you want to say before make your photograph to say uh, whatever you want I think that's a great question to ask before you start working on an image, yep. you know, or even before you press the shutter. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, sure, sure. If um, you know what to say, it's helping you from the beginning, from the very beginning, from the very uh, the first leg is the 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 the, um, the technical. Uh, you can ask yourself, okay, what uh, what what do you want to say? Okay, right. the answer is the technical part. The second part, the composition. What I will want, what I want to say. The answer is the the composition, the framing, and the third leg, the 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 post processing. What I would want, what my image is going to say, and all the answers are in that question. And uh, a good question too in the field is why I am here, why I am I am here, what I took a plane and being here because most of the people are suffering the 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 foreground uh, dictatorship i i call it uh, because okay whatever i in any part of the world i i have i i i stand with my camera i need to put something in the foreground why oh because a lot of photographers do yeah because there is something interesting in the foreground but you are in some amazing place in the united states in canada in spain in in i don't know in iceland or ireland or germany or Japan, and some really amazing landscape, and you are searching for what? From some stones, from some weird bush, to to do what? <laughs> to to put something in the foreground. Forget about the foreground. Focus in in the in the landscape, and ask yourself why I am I am here. That's that's uh, and simplifies. Right, and I think. In answering that question, you're in, eventually you will find something interesting to include in the foreground, but it won't yeah. be forced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's that's awesome. Well, maybe that's a good uh, segue to talk about you and your role as being a judge in the Epson Panel Awards. I think it's a timely conversation because literally they announced all of the winners yesterday. So yeah, I got amazing. the email last night at like 10 p.m. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, I, Have you sent some, some image? Yeah, I think I've done it three years in a row now, okay. something like that. And uh, I got to say, it's different every year. It's, yeah. it's interesting to see how based on who the judges are, what images get selected. Before we dive into that, though, I want to hear a little bit about kind of what is your thought process or um, approach to judging photographs for Epson Pan Awards? Like, what, like how, how do you do that? What are you looking for? How do you know that an image is, um, is, a, is worth, you know, getting a higher score than others? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Uh, okay, as you know, each contest um, has uh, their own rules, um, and Epson is wide open in some general points like post processing and I don't know skies replacement or whatever. But they uh, we don't care about uh, exactly about that, but uh, the um, the size of the image needs to be uh, two uh, by one. It's it's uh, obligated uh, thing. And the approach is 
really simple. I'm in the professional, uh, in the open uh, panel. There's an amateur and professional. It's not called professional. I think it's, it's open or whatever. But it's different in amateur than professional. Um, I was the first year, the year I was in amateur, it was really high level. And professional is yeah. mixed. It's, it's weird because a lot of people that has mm, obviously no not the enough level to 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 send the, the photograph uh, to, to the professional want to mm, to be in the professional. I don't know why because there are more chance in the in the amateur. But I think it's it's about mm, I don't know whatever. But the the judgment is um, really simple. Uh, the in is similar to to the thing I I I explained to you. The first thing needs to to be the an image is a almost correct uh, technical exposure and, and sharpness and everything. It should be okay uh, in terms of uh, technical approach. Second, for me, uh, the most important part is the composition and. After that is the feeling, uh, the general feeling and the atmosphere, and yeah, the the the, the, the yeah the, the the thing whatever things uh, makes feel. Uh, How inside, does it make you inside. feel? Yeah, that the, the image makes me yeah. feel in whatever for whatever reason. Uh, it's some um, not not a di- uh, direct. Uh, point in the image should be sometimes is something uh, inexplicable and for whatever reason i really like some image and another doesn't uh, it's it's hard to explain but um the the score is higher if the image is good uh, in good shape a technical shape and the composition is really great the color are uh, really really amazing whatever color is not a rich palette of colors it's not could be uh, in black and white but the distribution of the black and white of the colors in black and yeah colors in black and white seems to be uh <laughs> incompatible 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 mm. but yeah. the the image in black and white needs to be rich in terms of uh, tones and Depends of the year. For example, last year wins a drone uh, photographer, and this year it was a lot of drone photograph. I was going to say, I'm glad yeah, you, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I actually spent some time looking at the the fifth, the top fifty, yeah. and twenty nine out of the top fifty yeah. were drone images. Yeah, it's, it's twenty nine over than half. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and over half of those, I'm pretty sure were in Australia. Like Western <laughs> Australia, yeah. Because uh, I I spend a lot of time looking at photos, and I know pretty much usually where photos are taken. Yeah. And I, I I thought that was a super interesting that drone images. I'm mean, I'm sure that wasn't like intentional. It just happened to be what struck the judges' eyes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting because I think uh, awards like that or contests they push kind of the the thinking or the zeitgeist of photography in a certain direction or another or it can. And I'm, I will be super, I think there's going to be a lot more people trying to get drone images after this year. 
Yeah. Um, just because over half of the winners were drone images. <laughs> yeah, probably. In fact, uh, as I tell, uh, as I telling you, the last year it was a drone photographer, and the, this year it was full, full, completely full. And I think the reason uh, the judges uh, are judging uh, the images in separately uh, uh, way. Each uh, judge. Uh, um, gives a, a different puntuation and different score and it is not some, some um, agreement in uh, in any way sure. but I think the reason that uh, as you told me the there are 29 images of drone is because of the new perspective of the world yes, because for sure yeah when you are judging 2,600 or uh, whatever uh, uh, photograph um, uh, it's horrible they are all the same the same and the same and the same and the same Iceland and the same United States and the same spot the same photograph taken from the same exact spot and the same condition and the same the same because people don't want to risk don't want to uh, make nothing new because okay, last year or two two years ago, uh, that photograph wing with that, uh, with that uh, photograph, I'm going to do exactly the same. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there is plenty of photograph uh, really really similar and drone photo uh, at the moment at the moment are surprising yet. Oh, I uh, totally understand. Yeah. I I, uh, I got a they drone. Are, yeah, they are surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah, even mm, being as just when I see uh, a drone photo, it, it punch me in the face and slap me in the face uh, at the moment. I don't know. Uh, in the next five years, maybe it will be, okay, another one. But at the moment, for me, it's a new approach, new vision of the world. And let me say, there is some really amazing rivers of texture or whatever the third um, photograph of the um, of the epson panoware the, the third it's a drone photo with some weird uh, splash of paint in in the in the ground it took me like 30 seconds to figure out what i was seeing uh, because it was <laughs> yeah. so weird so amazing it, it was like Okay, what what the hell is that? Uh, I was seeing a road. I was seeing some uh, machine, some tractor. I don't know the word. Uh, tra- uh, yeah, uh, some agricultural machine. I was pretty sure that it was like a field or, or corn, but it was amazed about uh, how the new perspective uh, it was uh, showing me the reality of our world. So uh, at the moment, the drone is uh, original and it is. A lot 100%. to say. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot to say uh, right now. No, I agree. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I'm curious. I guess you know, as a person, I've entered. I don't know, maybe ten contests ever. I don't do it all the time, but it's fun. But I think one of the things I always, you know, when you enter a competition, you always kind of want to be on a level playing field to some degree. What are your thoughts on like having different categories of winners, like? It, like for starters, you know, maybe there's a drone category versus a ground-based category. But even more importantly to me would be like a distinction between 
uh, digital art where anything goes and sky replacements are fine and all that stuff versus a kind of more straight photography approach. Like what are your thoughts on those kinds of distinctions in a contest? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really comfortable with the idea of everyone uh, in the same bag um, because you are seeing, uh, you are judging the pure uh, element, the the pure impact, the pure uh, photograph. If the if the contest um, make different uh, selection, you will I will be judging with a different perspective, and this is not good or bad. This is different for me. I'm just judging the final result. Uh, I don't even care about anything else. But uh, if you put uh, um, uh, and you make a, a sky replacement, do it well because I, I don't want to see any halos or whatever because you will have a a, a twenty score. It's one zero to one hundred. Um, so uh, for me, it's okay to do uh, a whole um, group with all the techniques together, all the all, all kind of photography. Uh, the only selection I think um, makes uh, the Epson is uh, environment building and mm-hmm. landscape. Mm-hmm. Like and another one that it is the equi rectangular images that it is in um, like um, Google Earth or wherever. Yeah, the the um, the pano the virtual reality that has the their own uh, category. Because it needs to be projected to see all the, the thirty, sixty, the the three sixty degrees. Oh, the VR, yeah. Yeah, the VR. Um, but all the rest is just two categories: and open, everyone is in there, and open building environment. That I guess it makes sense to be the wrong category because if I do a, a, a photograph of the yeah. Of the New York City, with the uh, it's different that it's a different approach, totally different approach from a landscape photography or um, um, Milky Way arc or whatever. Even that, uh, I could be everything together, but that two distinction is it's okay for me. Anyway, I'm judging a different uh, and smaller um, contest that has a lot, a lot of um, rules about the post-processing, about the... Oh, everything. really? Yeah. Um, but um, it's a different approach, but... Uh, Which contest is that? Yeah, it's, it's a national contest in here in Spain. And okay. a couple in the... A couple in the Netherlands. And the approach is more natural. Is more for natural portrait of the um, of the world. So I think I guess it makes sense to have some restriction. But for, for the goal for that is to show the nature itself and not the nature through the eyes or through the creativity of the of the uh, photographers. It's, it's more like the nature uh, with no. I don't know with with no touches with with nothing more than, than the click of the camera. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's a different adjustment. Yeah, I guess um, 
For me, one of the things that I really appreciate about landscape photography as an artistic medium, at least the way that it was not envisioned, but like you know the the four the forefathers of 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 landscape photography. You know, we're talking about like Group F sixty four with yeah. Edward Weston and and Ansel Adams and yeah. and all of those folks. You know, like they were pushing for a medium that. Uh, wasn't derivative of other art mediums like painting and and things of that nature. And I guess what I like about that style of photography is that um, it does have constraints in terms of understanding that um, you know what what's in the what's in the scene and and how you the limitations of, of what you find in the camera and in the lens like that those are those are limitations which then forces you yeah. to see the world in a way that kind of makes sense out of all that chaos. And I I like that limitation versus where the digital world is anything goes and just drop in a sky. And like, as long as it looks good and has impact, then it's good photography. I just, I think those are two very different mediums to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 Um, I I was, I was uh, thinking about the Hudson River school and the paintings, the painters, yeah, and how they learn uh, from the from their Dusseldorf school from people that came came out and painting the reality as they want to be, not as the reality is. Uh, and all the painters, not not all the painters, that schools that um, romantic movement or realism uh, or alternative realism, they were painting what the the world the the world they saw not the world it as they they yeah as they was and as a photographer creative photographer for me the the photography is not the 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 end itself it's, it's the medium too uh, the limitation is okay and the the final image needs to be something of me and not something of the camera and for me uh, the the leg the, the post-processing leg is essential in my work but uh, talking again from the uh, from the sky's replacement there is uh, yeah again the the drugs uh, and the trick if if you use some tricks uh, you will be uh, you will be worse photographer because you will always uh, uh, limited by the software that is doing something for you and you can you you will be uh, always uh, trapped <laughs> with the software and not doing by yourself but um yeah right well you can always tell too like there's certain photographers who always kind of use the same tricks in all of their photos like it's, yeah sure you know you look at their photos and like they all have the the little like oh they have fifty percent opacity with the soft light brush where the sunset <laughs> was happening yeah. and it looks really soft you know like you can just tell like yeah. I guess for me it's like you know the trained eye sees that you know it's like you know especially if you're doing photography long enough you see that stuff and you're like okay I've never I know the sunset never looks that way yeah. um, and this photographer always makes the sunset look that way yeah um, maybe, maybe i don't know some, some people see the reality different ways i i'm 
I'm pretty sure I have fish eyes in my own eyes because uh, because I always need more and more and more uh, uh, less focal length, more uh, more wide uh, um, wide angle. I have never enough uh, sure. wide angle and. In in al contraire, uh, on the opposite side, I travel with people that feel super comfortable with a seventy two hundred and make some amazing uh, landscape photography. And if you give me a seventy one two hundred, I I have completely lost. I, I have I, I took <laughs> some some photograph uh, that focal length, but I super comfortable with uh, wa- super wide angles. I. Always with any gear that I have uh, a fish eye. Always it's the first the first uh, lens I I buy when I change to the brand. I, I'm I taking photograph with Sony right now, but I feel with Nikon, with Canon, whatever. The first lens I I buy is a fish eye, and the second one is a fourteen or sixty millimeter, whatever uh, is better for me uh, because. For me, it's never wide enough, and it's not the same for <laughs> other people. I guess some people see the world in a different way and a different, uh, as you said, different colors, different um, nebulosity, different haze. I don't know. Maybe it's the. the oh, it's exciting look. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I started out the same way. I was like shooting everything wide angle, but um, I don't know, like. When you use a telephoto lens, it definitely opens up a whole different world yeah, of possibilities. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. but to your point, it is really hard to see the world that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. Like, it's, it's really hard for me. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's totally yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So, I guess you know to wrap things up. I was hoping you could tell us uh, who you think would be awesome to hear on the podcast. Sure. Um... I really admire the work of a lot of photographers, but uh, there is some photographer, special um, special photographer with a special work that it is always amazes me. Uh, each each one of of the photos they upload to to the to the social media, and um, for example, I really love the uh, even I think. Uh, He's in the in 500px, but I I don't know if it, it is he's in in Instagram. But uh, for example, Paul Appleking, I really love the the portraits, really interesting and, and creative approach of of um, portrait different mm-hmm. styles. I uh, really like the awesome. work of Michael Sidovsky. Um, I think he has uh, he has an alias alias that it is uh, mint eye something like that. Um, Mir Watson is a, is a girl that is, is taking a, amazing drone photographies of some Iceland. Uh, I don't know where I think it's, it's in some, I don't know, but the color of the water and, uh, and the, the, the greens of the islands and, and the palm tree is really amazing. Um, from from Portugal, I know a photographer that I really like the travel uh, photography he he does is Joel Santos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Enrico Fossati from Italy is 
always amazed me and I really like it to to know him uh, in person and teach from him some of the most amazing techniques of post processing I ever seen. Um, his photos always look like um, like like Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah, he's he's always saying that the, the he really admired the work of John Howard or I really like to because I'm I'm really a freak of 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 the Hobbit and uh, yeah from the from the times of the book, but with the with the movies a lot of art books came out uh, to the to the market. And John Howard and a lot of different um, uh, artists uh, published the, the the job they they draw for the for the films and it is really really amazing. And again, this is mm-hmm. all related with uh, Hudson and the Barbizon School and the Dusseldorf School because all the artists in the not all of them but some of the artists of the of the of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, concept art admires uh, admires the, the the job of the Hudson River School and the, the paintings of the Thomas Hill or oh, William sure. or Thomas Cole. Uh, there is a, a painting of uh, a Thomas Cole painting that it is completely Moria uh, and uh, not Moria. Sorry, um, if you're gonna make a fantasy world uh, in the art scene, yeah. you know those are that's probably a good place to start in terms of. Sure. Drawing inspiration. Yeah, sure, sure, for sure. Um, Mordor. Okay, that's the one. <laughs> the Mordor. Yes, Mordor. <laughs> it's like Mordor uh, completely, and, and it was like uh, 100 years before <laughs> before Lord of the Ring. And you see the the painting, and see the volcano, and you see all some kind of gate, uh, right, with a lot of of light coming out, and. I I I um, I will ask your audience to to search for uh, Thomas Cole and probably the first or the second image uh, Google uh, shows it will be amazed how Lord of the Ringish <laughs> style uh, will will look at look like. So yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, my, yeah, Joel Santos, Mel Watson. Yeah, from Spain, I would like you recommend uh, Pablo Garcia. I don't know if it, if if can uh, talk English uh, because some people in Spain uh, know English and uh, some people not. But uh, you can ask if you want. Uh, but the work, I think, uh, he's one of the best landscape photographer, not only in Spain but in the world. Nice. Well, that's that's a big recommendation right there. <laughs> All of them. Awesome. Uh, awesome. All of them. I think they are uh, the best of the world. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, this has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend the, the day with me and talk about photography. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Yeah, uh, my website is open to everyone. It's uh, juanpablodemiguel.com. Um, and I have a lot of information, a lot of photography, a lot of, uh, yeah, mm, the information is, I think, is is very clear. If there is someone interested in learn with me, but if they only want to see my photograph, they can follow me in Instagram or just see my website because my website it, it has a gallery inside, and I have a, a lot of photography from different places uh, in some folders from uh, countries. 
and I think the it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have links to all that in the show notes. So thanks again, uh, Juan Pablo. I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. All right. Well, thanks to Juan Pablo for joining me on the show. Also, thank you to his wife for reaching out to me. Like I said earlier, I think it's really important that those in our life support us and push us to expand past our comfort zones. So kudos to her for that. If you have a moment, I highly encourage you to take a look at the show notes on my blog at mattpainphotography.com to see his amazing photographic images and to find links to other items discussed on this episode. Well, I know I say it a lot, but I really am grateful for all of the financial support that our listeners provide over on Patreon. I've had multiple advertisers approach me to place ads on the podcast, and I've turned them away because they are not a good fit for landscape photography and because I want to keep this podcast as ad-free as possible. And that's only possible through the generous support of our awesome patrons at patreon.com slash fstop and listen. You guys are all awesome, so thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. The show obviously would not be possible without you. Thanks to our most recent patrons, including Jacob Buchowski, J. Fritz Rumpf, and congrats on your recent top prize in the Epson Panel Awards, Derek Oliver, and Timothy Wilson. Another great way to support the show is to support the people that are supporting the show. This includes things like subscribing to Nature Photographers Network. They have a weekly photography challenge, and they're very fun to enter, and you also get image critique while you're at it. I think it's the best value you can get on any landscape photography website at this current time. All right, well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.